We have an anchor that keeps the soul steady. The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. I don't know of anyone immune to trial or to trouble. Really don't know anybody that has never struggled in life. I'm sure that there may be some out, maybe very young, that haven't faced a lot of struggles. But one of the things that you find out as you grow older in life is that trials and struggles or a daily part of life. And so how do we fortify our spiritual life so that when trial or struggle does come, we can stay tough and faithful? What I want to do in our lesson today is just talk about three things that I think will help us stay strong as we face the struggles or as we face tough times in this life. The first thing that I want to say in relationship to our study is that we ought to fortify our lives in praise to God. Now look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Interestingly, the Apostle Paul is writing from prison. This is one of four prison epistles. You could just try to put yourself into the mindset of Paul. He has been mistreated on many occasions faced a lot of opposition. Matter of fact, if we went back to Acts 16, you remember when the Apostle Paul and Silas were in the city of Philippi. They preached the gospel on European soil for the very first time. And so in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas found themselves in the inner prison. Their feet were fastened in stocks. They had had many stripes laid upon their backs. And yet the Bible says at midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God. Our response might be, that sounds odd, doesn't it? I mean, who in their right mind would be singing praise to God after such a terrible ordeal? But that's what the record says. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul, in writing to the saints in Philippi, and the time would have been about A.D. 61, 62, about six years later, Paul would ultimately die at the hands of Nero Caesar. And yet in this context, Paul would say, Rejoice in the Lord. And then for the sake of emphasis, and again I say, Rejoice. So number one, the place of our rejoicing or praise. Listen again to what Paul said. Rejoice in the Lord. I think one of the reasons why Paul and Silas could pray and sing praises to God was because of the relationship they had forged with the Lord. There are a lot of turbulent times that come our way in life. Paul was no exception. You remember back in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he talked about that thorn in the flesh that had been given to him to buffet him. He said, lest I be exalted above measure. And Paul would say that he besought the Lord three times that God would remove that thorn in the flesh. And yet God responded by saying, look, my grace is sufficient for you. There's something about a Christian. There's something about being in Christ that though the world might seem to be crumbling around us, there is this inward sense that says, all is well. You remember in John chapter 15 when Jesus talked about 
abiding in Him. In John chapter 15, Jesus is on record as saying, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. I have no doubt that the Lord wants us to have a sense of joy, contentment in Christ. There are many people in the world today, they're trying to find joy and contentment. The problem is they're looking in the wrong places. Genuine joy is in Christ. And one of the reasons I would suggest that that's the case is because it's in Christ that we have all spiritual blessings. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, and that too was a prison epistle, Paul would say, Bless me the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. As a Christian, we have a lot to be grateful for. We have a lot of reasons why we ought to live with a state of joy and praise to God. No matter what happens, our relationship with the Lord is unaffected. As long as we abide in Him, all is well, isn't it? James would say in James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from above. God being the source of all of our blessings. And we often give thanks for our physical, material blessings, but more importantly, those spiritual blessings that remain with us in Christ. But then I would suggest the purpose for our praise or the purpose for rejoicing. Now back up and look at verse 3 for a minute. Paul there deals with a conflict that had arisen between two, two sisters in Christ. And the idea behind addressing those ladies was that they would resolve that conflict. But nonetheless, you remember he talked about the names, or rather he talked about those fellow laborers whose names are written in the book of life. In Luke chapter 10, in about verse 20, Jesus had sent 70 out. And you remember when they returned, Jesus said to them, basically, don't rejoice because the spirits were subject to you. But rather, here's why you really need to rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. In Revelation chapter 20, when John pictures the judgment, and you remember he said he saw the small and, small and great standing before God. The books, he said, were open, that being the Word of God. But then, John said, another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now, there are a lot of spiritual blessings cataloged in Scripture that are ours to claim. One of which is to know that there is coming a day when we'll stand before the judge of all the earth and he's going to open the book of life. And guess what? Those of us who have lived for God, despite the stresses and strains and troubles and trials and temptations of life, our name will be found there. That's something to be grateful for, isn't it? To know that God is that mindful of us. In Hebrews chapter 12 at verse 23, Paul writes to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. But then listen to what he says. To those who are registered in heaven. When you became a Christian, the Lord penned your name in the book of life. That name is there right now. 
that ought to be of great encouragement to us. Now, there's a second thing I want to call your attention to. Number one, we fortify our spiritual lives by praise to God or by praising God. We live in a state of joy or we rejoice, as Paul would say, in the Lord. But secondly, we fortify ourselves, we fortify our spiritual life by what? By the presence of God. In verse 5, Paul would say to the saints in Philippi, Let your moderation be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Why should that be of special interest to me? Why should it mean so much to know that Paul said, look, the Lord's at hand? Well, Paul was in prison, wasn't he? And yet, as Paul and Silas earlier in their preaching and teaching endeavors, as they had been imprisoned, having been beaten, the Bible tells us that they had the, the opportunity to sing praise to God, to pray. Who do you think was with them in prison? The Lord was. And who was it that knew, without a shadow of a doubt, how they felt. Did you know it is of great encouragement and comfort to know that God knows our struggles? God knows our struggles. I can know that without a shadow of a doubt to recognize that there is a God in heaven who is acutely aware of where I am in this life. Not only does God know about my struggles. But the Bible tells us that God is with us. His presence is with us in the struggles of life. Go back for a minute when we talk about the presence of Almighty God. I mentioned just a moment ago the book of Hebrews. You remember the Bible says on behalf of God, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The idea is that God's at our side. He is, our pilot. he is piloting our life and underscoring the idea that God is mindful of the struggles and, and trials and strains that I face in this life. I want you to look at Psalm 139 for a minute. David is the writer in that psalm. And you remember David said, Lord, you have known me and searched me. I'll tell you what. Let's just turn there together. I want you to see something in connection with Psalm 139. In verse 1, he said, Lord, you've searched me and known me. The word searched in this context means to pierce or to bore, like you're boring a hole in something. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. So when I sit down, God knows about it. If I stand up, God knows about it. He said, whatever thoughts I entertain in my mind, you know that too. You comprehend my path and my lying down. Now listen to him. And are acquainted with all, A-L-L. -L. He is acquainted with all my ways. And then in verse 4 he said, there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Who knows you like the Lord? You know what the answer to that is? There's not a soul on earth that knows you intimately like the Lord does. Within the context of marriage, 
That's probably the most intimate relationship that we have this side of eternity. And many times over the course of time, after a couple, after they've been married for years and years and years, many times they can finish their spouse's sentence. Or maybe they know what they're thinking before they ever express it. Well, how's that happen? Over time, you just get to know the person you're living with. You know them inside out, don't you? As a parent, don't you sometimes know what your children are thinking? You know if something is weighing heavily upon them? If there's some doubt, discouragement in their voice? You know that. Why? Because you're a parent. Because that child is bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. You brought that baby into the world. And over the course of time, you know that child like you know the back of your hand. Well, that's a picture of God, isn't it? God as our Father knows us. He knows us inside and out. Matter of fact, drop down and look at Psalm 139. Listen to what David said down in verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Now God made my body. He made your body. But God also placed within your body a spirit or a soul. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9, that God is the Father of our spirit. So God knows us, well acquainted with us. I don't have to worry about whether or not God understands where I am. And you just think again what he said here and drop down again and look at, look at verse 2. He said, you understand my thought afar off. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it all together. That's special. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 that the very hairs of your head are numbered. Again, that says something to me about just how well God knows me. You remember as we consider the fact that we live in the presence of God? Do you remember when David, the king of Israel, wrote Psalm 23? When he said, the Lord is my shepherd, claiming God as the shepherd of his life. David had a lot of peaks in life, a lot of mountaintop experiences, but there were also many, many occasions when David found himself where? Deep in the valley. He had to deal with Saul, first king. He had a son that tried to subvert the kingdom from under him. David had a lot of problems and trials in his life. He was a human being just as we are. The Bible tells us, matter of fact, the psalmist said many years ago, he knows our frame, he remembers that we're dust. God, God made us, God knows us, and he knows when we're on the mountaintop, he knows when we're in the valley. In verse 4, here's what David said, Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, you're with me. Now look, if God's with me in life, then David said he's with me in death. So I can bask in the presence of Almighty God. There is a certain amount of peace that we enjoy as a result of that, don't we? Now, there's a third thing I want to share with you. And that is, not only should we fortify our spiritual lives when it comes to praise to God, 
when it comes to the presence of God, but I would suggest to you thirdly that we are to fortify our spiritual lives with prayer to God. Now look again at what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 in verse 6. In nothing be anxious. Did you hear what Paul said? In nothing be anxious. So here's a question. What is the divine antidote for the anxieties that I feel in my life? The antidote is prayer. Because the Bible says, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. Paul here simply affirming one of the great spiritual blessings that we enjoy. I mentioned a moment ago that we ought to live in praise to God, and one of the reasons is because of our spiritual blessings. It is a spiritual blessing to know that there's a God in heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, that will hear my prayers, that he will listen to my prayers. Matter of fact, look at Psalm 121. In Psalm 121, the psalmist in the long ago said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And then he asked this question, From whence comes my help? He said, My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. To me, what the psalmist is saying is, Look, if God had the ability to create the heavens and the earth, and He did, if He has that kind of creative power, then there's not a problem I face in this life that he can't help with. There's nothing outside the boundaries of God's protective help. All those great resources. Now I want to just add something to that. Number one, he is the antidote to our anxieties, but he is also the caretaker when it comes to our cares. Do you believe that? How many of you have somebody that takes care of your lawn. I'm not talking about you. I'm not saying that you take care of your lawn, but you've hired somebody to do that for you. Well, if you hire somebody to take care of your lawn, you do that so that you don't have to worry about it. In other words, you're paying those individuals to take care of your lawn. When I take my shirts and suits to the laundry, I do that so I don't have to worry about it. I understand they're going to take care of it. When I drop a bundle of shirts off, I don't have to wonder, well, are they going to be clean? Are they going to be pressed? Are they going to be starched? I have confidence that they're going to do the job. All right? What about when we face tough times? When we turn to God in difficult moments. Medical health is a great commodity in life, isn't it? One of the great blessings that we enjoy in this country is good medical care. And if you've got a good physician, then you're very blessed. When you go to your physician and explain some of the problems that you're experiencing, you're putting your faith in that physician. And what you're really saying is, I trust you to take care of whatever's ailing me. All right, the Bible tells us that the Lord is the great physician, isn't He? And since the Lord is the great physician, can I not go to Him and lay my troubles and trials at His feet with the understanding that the great caretaker is going to take care of all my care? 
Let me give you a couple of verses along these lines. Since we're in the Psalms, look over in Psalm 55 for a minute. Look at Psalm 55. I want you to think, think for a moment or two about David. David faced a very hostile situation in his life. Matter of fact, somebody that had been close to him hurting, cutting deeply. And so in Psalm 55, verse 1, David said, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I'm restless in my complaint and moan noisily. All right, look at verse 4. My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. You get the picture here. David's facing a very difficult time in life. And then he said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever faced a storm in life? And your first thought was, if I could just somehow remove myself from this difficult situation, I'm just looking for some peace, rest, a haven of rest. He said, indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. He said, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Now drop down and note what he says down in verse 16. David said, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Now look at verse 17. We're talking about the antidote for anxiety and the caretaker of all our cares. David said, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. And then note what David says in connection to his prayer life and he shall hear my voice. When you come before the throne of God to remember that there is a God in heaven, the one that created the heavens and the earth, as the psalmist said in Psalm 121, and that same individual, or rather that same God that brought this world into existence is listening attentively to your prayers. Drop down now and note if you would, verse 22. David said, cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved or shaken. David here is saying, look, you take your burden, or in plural, your burdens. You take those burdens that you feel in this life, and you turn them over to God, and you trust that God is going to take care of everything. You remember what Peter said over in 1 Peter chapter 4? He talked about committing our souls to Him who is a faithful Creator. When you became a Christian, when we obeyed the gospel at whatever point and time in life, once we became a child of God, what we were doing was simply placing our trust, our confidence in the Lord. Our trust that He would forgive us of our sin. Our trust that He would hear us when we pray. Our trust that when life comes to an end, we're going to enjoy eternal life. Why? Because God is a faithful creator. When God says He's going to do something, you can bank, you can rest assured He's going to do it. Not fickle, but rather He's faithful. Now drop down and look at Psalm, look at Psalm 57 very quickly. In Psalm 57, again David said, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trust in you. I really like verse 2, or rather verse 1, when he said, In the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. 
until, that's the operative word, until these calamities have passed by. David is saying, look, I'm going to hide myself right up under your wing until the tough times that I'm dealing with, until those things have passed me by. Should that encourage us? Yes. Now, having said that, let's look over in 1 Peter chapter 5 for a minute. I said that the Lord is the caretaker of all of our cares. And so with that in mind, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Sometimes I think it's helpful to read it, to see it, rather than just quoting verses for us to see them in black and white. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, down in verse 5. The Bible says, Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Now, verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him. What did David say back in Psalm 55? Cast your burden on the Lord. What's He going to do? He's going to sustain you. He's going to hold you. So Peter here said, you cast all your care upon Him, and the reason is because He cares for you. If you're a parent, I don't have to encourage you, nor do I have to tell you, you need to take care of your children. Whatever they're facing in this life, you need to take care of. I don't have to tell you that. Why? Because you are their caretaker, aren't you? When your children are born into this world, when they come into the world, they are totally dependent upon you as a parent, aren't they? They're dependent on their mom to provide milk. They're dependent on someone to keep them warm, to keep them cool in the summertime, to make sure that all is well. When it comes to feeding, when it comes to nurturing, all of that goes back to the role of a parent. Now, as a parent, we have, when it comes to our children, we want the very best for them. And we want to make sure that we do everything within our power to give them the care that they need. And how many times as a parent have you taken your child, held them in your arms when they expressed concern or disappointment, discouragement, when somebody had hurt them and cut them to the quick. Just something about a mom that has the ability to wipe those tears away. The actions alone say how much a parent cares. Well, that's a picture of God. Here is God, our caretaker. And we can come before His throne and we can take every single care that we have and give them to Him and walk away with the assurance, you know what? He's got it. He can handle it. Look, there is nothing that God can't handle. And we talk about anxieties and cares in this life. And there are a lot of times when we're concerned about certain things that we see going on around us in this country. But did you know that the very God that created the heavens and the earth is still sitting on His throne, still, still in charge? Didn't David say the Lord reigns? In other words, He's sovereign. And didn't Daniel write in the long ago that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men? Who's in control when it's all said and done? God is, isn't He? So if God has that kind of power and that kind of control, whatever I face, I can have the assurance that God has my back and that He'll stand with me. And when I come before His throne, 
He's going to listen and he's going to act in my best interest. So what's the byproduct of that? Remember in verse 7, Paul said, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here is God surrounding us. His presence is ever felt. And here is God taking my anxieties and my cares and surrounding my heart, guarding my heart. Let me tell you what, it's great to be a Christian. I've got a lot of blessings in this life. I understand life can be tough. You look at the life of Job and sometimes you just scratch your head and think, but you remember what he said back in chapter 1? He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. To have the right attitude, to put our trust in Him. As, as Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. My encouragement to us, stay strong. Fortify your life with praise to God. Fortify your life remembering the presence of God and fortify your life in prayer to God. You can't go wrong. You want to talk about a divine formula for success? That's it right there. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love